Uh, well, good morning again. It's so good to see y'all. I hope you had a great weekend. Hope you're enjoying your, your Sunday uh, worshiping with us this morning. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, you picked a great day uh, to be here. Uh, and I'm really excited uh, about picking our message up where we left off uh, last week. And so a couple weeks ago, we kick-started a new message, right? Uh, we started a, a message, a new series titled, Give Us uh, This Mountain. And this message is really has a prophetic tone to it. Uh, and, you know, I hope and pray uh, as we've been fasting also, you know, this, this fast that we started two Sundays ago really goes hand in hand with our message uh, of give us this mountain. So I hope and pray uh, you're doing good for your fast. Uh, I hope it's, uh, but I hope God is stretching you too. I hope you're growing. I hope you didn't make it too easy. Uh, and I hope you didn't make it too hard. I know uh, he's been stretching me. Uh, and so as we're, as we're fasting, right, um, it's, it's no good just to abstain from, from certain foods or certain things or social media. As we fast, we have, to, we have to have something that we're believing and praying for, right? So that's what we do. We, we fast and we pray. And so that's what we've been praying uh, over, over, over this, this, this message. Give us this mountain. And so we've had seven specific key uh, cultural uh, influential, really, mountains uh, that we've, we've identified and we've been, been calling them, right? And so we are in, in some really crazy, peculiar, peculiar uh, unprecedented times, right? We find ourselves in the world. And so, y'all, uh, the church needs to rise up. Uh, uh, the world needs our prayers. The world needs our faith. The world needs our action. Amen. And that's why we're, we're preaching this message. That's why we're fasting. That's why we're praying. That's why we're believing. Amen. So let's, uh, let's, let's, we're going to do some recap like we normally do uh, before we get into the new part of our message this morning. So we'll hit some of the bullet points and the highlights that we've been talking about and, and looking at and diving into uh, the past couple weeks. So that first scripture is Joshua. It comes out of, um, out of Joshua 14, 12. And this is really where we get the prophetic uh, promise the prophetic, uh, uh, the promise of God for us to pray and stand on uh, as we're, we're praying and fasting for our nation uh, right now. So uh, at Joshua 14, 12, it says, Now therefore give me uh, this mountain. Somebody say mountain. mountain. Amen. Y'all sound awake. Praise God. Uh, give me this mountain, he says, of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there. And that the cities were great and fortified, it may be the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And so, this is actually Caleb uh, speaking. Caleb and Joshua were one of the, the two of the 12 spies. Does anybody remember the 12 spies that Moses sent to go spy out the promised land? Right? Caleb and Joshua were, were the two spies that had a the only two that had a good report, the only two that came back with faith that said, you know what, we can, we can enter in, we can take the promised uh, land. We, we believe that, that God will give it to us. And so Caleb, he had a promise. Um, that promise was actually 40 years prior to this, this moment in Scripture. And so, see, but Caleb had a promise and he believed, he believed it enough and he stood on it uh, enough and the promise actually came to pass. Do you know that all we need is a promise from God? As we are praying, fast, and believing for a spiritual shift to take place in our nation, for, for real things to happen, 
good things to begin to happen in our nation. We need a promise from God. And guess what? This right here, this book, uh, is full of them. Full of promises of God. That's all we need to stand and pray and believe. And so this is just one promise, Caleb's promise, that we're using that God will give us uh, back these mountains, that we can redeem them for his, for his good and for his namesake and for his glory. Amen? That next point. So what are the seven mountains that we've been praying, fasting, uh, and, and declaring over, right? So we said the seven mountains of influence. These are the seven key areas that we believe if, if, you can, if we could invite Jesus back into each one of these seven critical areas of our culture and of the world, some real things could happen. And so they're religion, family, education, government, media, arts, uh, and entertainment, and business. Are all these things uh, pretty important? Yes, they are super important. And I believe they're actually uh, more than just important. I believe they're, 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 they're special. They're, they're holy. God says if, if we could uh, invite Jesus back into each one of these mountains, some real things could happen. Uh, real shifts could, could begin to take place. Amen? So we said there's two ways that we can recapture these mountains, two ways that we can... We can take the fight to the enemy uh, and begin to, to, get, to get in the game for the church to be able to be engaged uh, and to fight and to, to, to stand and, and, and to believe, right? And so one of the ways we said is uh, that next point, we said the first way is to create climate. Do you know that uh, you have a, a, an atmosphere, a climate uh, of your life? Uh, and it's, I call it a little bubble. It's wherever you go, you bring that climate, that atmosphere to wherever you go. When people uh, uh, see and think of, of who Ian is, I, I hope that they, they, they see Ian as the, the bubble that, I've, <laughs> that, that I live in, right? I hope they see that you know, Ian is loving and caring and kind and, uh, and, he, and he forgives. And, and so we need that. You got to know that you can set the climate and atmosphere for your life. And if we do that God's way, we can uh, help uh, create and recreate the other atmospheres, the other people, the other bubbles that we come in contact with at work, at school, wherever, wherever we're going on our day-to-day -day basis, right? We can, we can help create a, a different climate, a different uh, temperature, a different, uh, we can bring kingdom to earth, right? And so the first way is we have to create climate. It's a spiritual atmosphere that is conducive for the kingdom of God to advance through prayer, worship, and the word. This is, this is how we change the climate, right? That's why we have, to, we have to pray daily. We have to be in his word daily. We have to worship daily. Uh, I really call, I call it the trifecta, right? There's three, prayer, worship, and the word. Of the trifecta of the kingdom advancement, how we advance the kingdom of God. That's how I... I create a, a, a healthy, stable, uh, not just a climate for myself, but how I can, I can uh, interact and bring, bring heaven to earth through my life on a daily basis is by doing those three things that we have to do to, to change the climate. And here's the cool thing. When we, when we create uh, a new climate, a new atmosphere that's conducive to the kingdom of God, we can, we can change the types of... Uh, of fruit that will come to be, that will come to pass. Because if you control, here's the cool thing, if you can control the climate and the atmosphere, do you know that you actually control the types of things that can grow? Amen. And so some of these mountains are, are pretty evil, are pretty wicked. 
are pretty corrupt. And, and they're evil and corrupt and, and they're lost and they're, they're out there because of the things, of the type of climate that, 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 is, that are over those, those, those things, those mountains. And they have the types of crops that they have because they've continued to sow lies and sow hate uh, and, and sow manipulation. And so because, you know, you, you, you reap what you sow. And so if we could create, re- create and recreate an atmosphere that's conducive to the kingdom of God, we can change the types of fruit that will come to pass. Amen. So it's super important. And so that's, that's one way that we can begin to, to fight and stand for truth and take back some of these mountains for his glory. Amen. Uh, let's read Matthew 16, 19. And, and here's the cool thing. Here's the key. Here's the way that God actually calls us to pray. It's a way that we can change the atmosphere, change the climate, change the, the fruit, change the crops. And, you know, we don't do it on purpose, but sometimes we just forget of the authority that we have in Christ. And Matthew 16, 19, it's Jesus. He says, and I will give you the keys. Somebody say keys. You know, when Jesus says, I have a key for you, I'm, I'm not going to pay attention. Amen. That's something, that's something super important. He says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so you know what? You know, God gives us the power to, 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 to change and pray the atmosphere of heaven to earth. You know, how do we change the climate? How do we change the atmosphere? How do we change the crops? How do we change the, the fruit? Uh, we, we can bind and loose, and we can actually pray heaven to earth. You know, there's no better atmosphere, no better climate than heaven. <laughs> and so that's on you. That's on me. Uh, we get to do that. God calls us to. He gives us the authority to be able to do that. And so we bind those things, right? Fear, manipulation, lies, and, and discord, and deceit, and deception. Lord, and we, we, we lose uh, love, uh, joy, peace, righteousness, uh, a sound mind, right? Uh, People of faith, we, we can loose all these things. That's how we change the atmosphere and can change the climate. It's really the key to, to our prayer, our worship, and our word. Amen. The next way, an, another way that we can get, get, get involved, get in the game, uh, fighting and standing for, for, for God and for righteousness in our world uh, as all this stuff is going on with, with viruses and riots and we've got an election coming up and uh, so much hate being spread. Y'all, we, we as the church no longer can just be Sunday morning, church going, seat sitting believers. <laughs> we have to be engaged. We have to, we have to get involved. We have to get off the sidelines and we have to get in the game. So the next point is, the second way is we simply got to start climbing. You have to start climbing and you have to ascend the mountain. Okay? And I know some of us may be sitting there thinking, man, some of these mountains, they're big. Some of them, we may think, is it even possible to take some of these back? Trust me, our God is well and able. He is enough. He can. Uh, but he needs believers to get involved. He wants believers to get involved. And the church is how we take it back. And so we got to get in the game. We got to get spiritually invested, personally invested. Uh, we have to be invested, amen? And so this happens personally. The rest of that point, it says, the higher someone ascends the mountain, the more influence they have upon that mountain. This is why there's no such thing as a sacred or secular work for the Christian. If you're born again, everything, somebody say everything. 
is sacred, significant, and spiritual, right? If we really believe that Jesus is the King of Kings, I say this all the time, and He's the Lord of Lords. Uh, He's the Creator. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the First, and the Last. And He wants to be in right relationship with you and with me. And if you had a real born-again salvation experience, then you know what? Your life will never be the same. You know what? You can't go to work and just uh, not give your best and feel good about it anymore, right? You, you, you can't just not love everybody. You know, it, some people are, are, are tougher to love, but when God, the love of God changes your life, it, it changes the way that I see and experience the world, and it changes what God wants to do in and through me, right? It, it raises the bar. And so and that, that, that's why each one of these things is, is so important. We, we, we're just letting the, the holy ground of these seven mountains kind of just fall to the wayside, I think because the church has just kind of stood back and stood on the fence and stood silent for so long. And now we find ourselves in the situations that we find ourselves in because, y'all, we've just kind of stood back. See, because our motivation, everything we do has to be rooted in love, right? Uh, and, and the enemy, everything that they do, they have motivation too, do you know that? And they are super motivated to get to the top of these mountains, And some of them are already there. But how did they get there? They were motivated through hate uh, and and lies and selfishness and pride. And so we can't can't fight the way that they do. We have to be motivated in love. And that's what the second point of this this point is, is really saying that if we really believe that, then everything is significant. And everything that we do is spiritual, right? And so we have to get involved. We have to get in the game and do something about it. Amen. Colossians 3.17. It says, And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him, God the Father. And so if you are born again, if you're a believer, if, if Jesus is your, your Lord and Savior, does anybody believe in Jesus? A couple of you, amen. Come on, that's good. Uh, then, you know what, everything that you do from that day forward, you know what, is no longer just your reputation anymore. You take on the reputation of Jesus, right? And so if you're a believer, you're not supposed to do certain things. You can't live a certain way. You can't no longer cuss. You can't, you know, watch certain things. Because if you tell someone that you believe in Jesus, you're a representative of him, and so they're watching you, right? And so if, 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 you, if you cuss and you say you believe in Jesus and you're talking the way the world does and the people that you've told you believe in Jesus are looking at you like, whose reputation are you tarnishing? Not just yours, you are yours, but you're also tarnishing his. And it actually makes the unbeliever question, why would I want to live for your God if he can't even tame your tongue, Right? Why would I trust him with my family or or my faith? And so we got to see that everything that we do, uh, especially if we believe in God, has real ramifications, is significant and spiritual, and has the ability to make and bring about great, amazing things and great change, not just positive change. I'm talking kingdom advancements on earth, amen, through us. The next point. So we said, this was from last week, we said, uh, we recognize that we're connected to every mountain. 
Okay, each one of these mountains influences our lives in some way, shape, form, or fashion. We're connected to each and every one of them, okay? But we may not all ascend every mountain, and, and we do have influence on every mountain. So we're all connected to every one of these mountains, right? But not each and every one of us is called to specifically climb each mountain. Does that make sense? And we really kind of, we kind of said it boils down to our, our gifts, right, and our talents, and we'll talk about that here in a moment, and our callings and what God has given us. Because uh, as you've been fasting and praying, I hope you still have your sheet that you've been praying over every day, excuse me, that we're looking at these mountains. See, for some of you, as you're praying and, and looking at that mountain of government or, or education, you know what, the fire of God, the zeal of God, maybe not like stir you up as much as it does when you're, when you're praying for like the arts or entertainment or the social media. And that's because of what? Because you have something, God's given you something different inside of you. And so are you connected to all these mountains? Yes, they have influence in your life, but not each and every one of us are called to, to actually take the fight and climb each one of these mountains. And so the second part of our statement, our daily decisions influence every mountain. We are advancing the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness with every decision that we make. Every decision and every indecision, actually, that you make has the ability to influence uh, for good, right, or for bad, for evil. And so it boils down to, to the things that we say and that we actually not just say, but the things that we actually do. How can I make a difference? How can I get in the game? How can I begin to ascend uh, and climb these mountains that fire me up, that stir me up. Uh, I believe it enough uh, because I, I love God, I, I love Jesus, and I want to do something about what I believe. Amen? Then, uh, next point. So how, how do we ascend our mountain? We asked that question last week. And we said we need to identify our mountain or mountains. Some of us are called to, to more than one mountain, right? Uh, I'll guarantee you all of us are called to climb the mountain of family. You have a family whether you believe it or not, each and every one of us has a family. It looks, may look different, but you are called to climb the mountain of family. Some of us are called to climb more than one. And so, but it's through our gifts, calling, and passions, right? That's how we identify uh, our next step. How I identify what, how God wants me to stand and fight uh, in this season that our church is in, where we're praying, fasting for our nation, and for the election, and uh, for, for the virus, and for for healing to, to take place in our land through all the riots and uh, all this stuff, right? That's how I identify where God wants me to focus my thoughts, my energies, my passions. Because if, uh, if you do something that you love, it's not all that hard, right? I asked last week, if you, know, if you have a job that you love, you'll never, you'll never go to work a day in your life, right? And so God wants you to be in your gifting. He wants you to be in your talents. He wants you to, to be doing the things that you're passionate about. And so I hope, I, I challenged you last week that you would really seek his face in prayer this week uh, and ask him, uh, what are the things that you're good at? What's your anointing? What, what's something uh, that there's a calling on your life? And I, I challenged you a little further. I said, you, I really want you to ask somebody that you love, somebody who's close to you, a family member or a close friend, somebody you trust, and ask them that question, you know, what am I good at? Because that can help us pin down, right, what my passions are, what I'm good at. 
Because, you know, we do have blind spots, and sometimes maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. <laughs> maybe a lot of times we have a right idea of the things I'm good at, which is good too, but sometimes maybe I just miss it, right? And so I really hope that you did that this week, and I really hope that God helped you identify uh, which mountains he really wants you to get involved in, and, and having a proactive uh, life of faith and, and recapturing some of these things for him and for our, for our world. Amen. Let's read 2 Timothy 1.9. It says, uh, God who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, was given to us in Christ Jesus before. Somebody say before. Before the world began. So the gifts, the calling, the anointing that is on your life, God actually gave those to you even uh, before the world began, before the foundations of the earth were laid is what this scripture says. That his gifts are without repentance. And so you got to know that God has created you with a purpose, with gifts, with talents that he, he hasn't given anybody else. Only you have them. Amen. They're, they're, they're yours. They're, they're for you. They're to glorify him. And he gave them to you for a reason, right? Uh, that next point. And so we said, we, we got to know that these gifts are real. They're without repentance. Uh, and, and if they're real and they can cause a real impact in our world for his glory, uh, then you got to know there's, uh, you know there's a real devil, the enemy, the Satan. Uh, if you believe in God, you better believe that there's an, an enemy, uh, the devil. He hates that about you, right? He hates that about me. Uh, he doesn't want us operating in our gifts. He doesn't want you uh, doing your, the things you're passionate about. Anything that you're going to give God, God glory in doing, he wants to rob us of that. Because if he robs you of that, he robs the world of the blessing that you can give it, right? And so Satan tries to deceive us in despising our gifts, confusing our calling, and perverting our passions. That's exactly what he wants to do. He wants to disconnect us, right? Not just from the Father, but disconnect us from anything that brings us joy. Uh, another way that he does this, that he sneaks in, is he gets us to do what? He gets us to, to compare my gifts with yours. Right, because if I, you know, I have certain, okay, I have certain things I'm good at, but you know what, so-and-so's like so much better at all these other things. Uh, and what does that do? It causes uh, discord, right, and dissension. Uh, and that's how the enemy comes in and perverts our gifts as well and steals, kills, and destroys and robs us from, from, from living in those things and doing and operating in those things. Uh, so that's exactly what he wants to do. And too many Christians... Uh, we said last week, are wandering and wandering around the mountain instead of climbing it. So we need to stop wandering and stop wandering. Start climbing right where you are. And so a, a lot of believers are just, you know, we're, we're stuck. We're wandering, wandering, and we're wondering, can God really do this? And, and, I, and I'm lost because I, I'm not operating in my gifts. I'm not operating in my my special anointing, and, I, and I'm lost and I'm wondering. You know, I don't know about you, but Ian, Pastor Ian, is done. I'm done wondering who I am in Christ, and I'm done wandering around uh, the mountains of life. I, I want to get involved. I want to be engaged. I want to be a man of faith. I want to do what I say. Uh, I have a family I'm responsible for. I have a church I'm responsible for. You know what? I want to stand, and I'm going to fight for truth, peace, and righteousness for our world. I'm going to stand and fight for Holly Pond our community, and our state. I love where we live. I love where we're from. There's no better place on earth. I've, I've lived in the world and, and done some traveling. There's no better place than right where we are, this region of the world. 
And so, uh, are, are y'all ready? Are y'all ready to fight? Yes. Amen. Are you with me? Can you get in the game? Let's do something together. Let's, let's, let's do this, right? We can do this. Our God is well and able. The promise of Caleb, right? Give us these mountains. Lord, let's look at that next point. I think that's our first new point for today. So, really, why, why fight? Why, why, why do I need to get personally invested? Why do I need to get... Get in the game. Why do I need to, to be a man of faith and of action? Why fight for these, these seven mountains? Can't we, just, can't we just love God, love our families, live our lives, and hope that everything will be all right? Can't we just chalk it up and say, God, I, I trust you? To a certain extent, we're actually, yes, we're called to do that. But we got to be careful because we'll, we'll use that as a little a little white lie as a little thing to keep me from, from doing something that God is actually calling me to do. See, God, yes, he can only do certain things that he can, right? But you got to know and believe that you can do only certain things that you can do because he's put that in you. Amen? And so we have to do something about it. If, if, if we don't fight... If the church doesn't fight, if you don't fight, who will? I guarantee you, uh, the enemy will continue to fight and continue to climb these mountains and continue to try to gain influence over these mountains so they can continue to try to influence our world and continue to control our children and their children and their children so that everybody is just the same. Right? Lost, blind, can't be yourself, no more individuality. Because if we don't fight for the freedom that is in Jesus Christ, who will? Y'all, they've done kicked him out of each and everything that they can. And they're not done yet. And they're going to keep coming, and they're going to keep fighting. And the church can't stand back anymore. No, I'm going to stand up and speak truth <laughs> on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, out there, because y'all, we got our baby in church today. Amen. I have something that I want to pass to him. Amen? And I know you have kids too. And so we have to fight. If we don't, who will? And you got to believe that God can, but you got to believe that you can too. There's something that you can do that, that answer our question. You know, can we just love God, love our families, live our lives, and hope everything will be all right? The, question, the answer to that question is no. We have something we have to do about it, right? One of the greatest mysteries of, of, of being a believer, of, of Christianity, is we have a part to play in God's story. We're not just puppets on a stage. We are laborers together in God's story. Quotations, there's... The word architect. God is the creator. He's the, he's the architect. And so that is a mystery of, of being a believer and, and, and being a Christian. Is You know, we serve, we serve uh, the, the most awesome God that there is. He wants a real personal relationship with you and with me. But he, he, you know, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And so, but he has a, a special part for each of us, a role for us to play in his divine story. And, and so God has a work that, 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 that he can do, but so do you and I. Uh, and 
He's designed each and every one of us different in a certain way. As I was talking about the gifts and the talents that he gives us, it's so awesome that we're alike in a lot of ways, but we're all so different in a lot of ways too. And so he's the author and finisher of our faith. And then being so, he's designed each of us with a purpose. And so he was on purpose, hear me, to give you purpose. God was on purpose when he made you, when he designed you. The architect of, of, of the heavens and the earth, uh, the beginning and the end, he was on purpose to make sure that you have a purpose. Amen. Is that, I, before I came to know Jesus, I felt like I didn't have a purpose to my life when I was lost out there. There's nothing like trying to live your life and, and, and you think there's nothing for you to do. It's the most depressing, uh, sad place to be in. Has anybody ever been there? Nobody, just me. Man, when you just, you don't feel like you have any purpose. It's, it's depressing and, and you have purpose. God designed you with purpose. I have a, a cool little story. I was uh, going to the bathroom this week at home. Bear with me. It's a valid rabbit trail. Uh, and I was going to the bathroom. You know, we have a can of wizard in our bathroom. Uh, I hope everyone else has a can of wizard in your bathroom too. You know, it gets stinky in there sometimes. But, and this is just kind of cool. I never noticed on the, on the side of the can, I was going about it, I, I, I just read it. It said, it said uh, designed to fight odors. Designed to fight odors. You know, and uh, we, we have some stinky... <laughs> Think he owners at our house? <laughs> She's pointing fingers at me. And so that can of wizard does his job. It does what it was designed to do. It fights odors, right? But the Holy Spirit just kind of just kind of quickened that in me. You know, it's kind of just as that can of, of wizard is designed to fight odors. God has designed you to be the light of the world. He's designed you to be the salt of the earth. He's designed you to stand and fight for righteousness. He's designed you with gifts, talents, anointing, gifting that no one else has other than you. He's designed you on purpose with a purpose. And when you step into that and begin to walk that out, man, heaven and earth collide and people's lives are changed and mountains are took back for his glory and his promises happen on earth. Amen. And so, and then here's the cool thing. We're all different. We all have different gifts and talents. I mean, see, we, when we come together, when your gifts and my gifts, and we come together, amazing things happen. Awesome, amazing things can happen that we can accomplish. Uh, Psalms 8, uh, 3 through 6. It says, when I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, uh, what were mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them, Yet you made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge over everything you made, putting all things under their authority. How cool is that? The psalmist says, you're the, he's, he's giving God the credit of being the creator. He's, he's uh, looking at the stars and being mystified. And He says, you know what, how cool is that? that you're, you're the creator. You've made us in your image just a little lower than you, but yet you've given us charge and authority over your creation. These, these seven mountains, God gave us charge. He gave us the ability, the power to bring about change. Do you think we need to redeem them for him? Because he gave them to us, right? The responsibility. And that's how we're, 
how we're going to redeem them is by fighting. We, we have to fight. Um, Numbers 13, 25 through 33. So this is kind of cool. We're giving you the, we gave you, we opened up with the scripture of Caleb getting the promise of God, getting, getting the promised land that was promised to him 40 years prior. And so here in Numbers is the beginning of that story uh, 40, 40 years prior when he, by faith, brought a good report, right? So verse 25, it says, At the end of 40 days they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them that the whole assembly and showed them that the fruit of the land... They gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit, but the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb, there he is, uh, silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we certainly can do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people, they are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there were of great size. We saw the Nephilim, they're the descendants of Anak and the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. I want you to hear me. Your faith and report can determine the outcome of whatever it is that you're praying and believing for, right? Because there was, there was really only two that brought a good report. The rest of them influenced Moses' decision, right? They, they talked him out of the promise, out of uh, the fact that, yes, they, they probably could have went in there. It had been tough. It had been hard. They would have had to climb the mountain, right? But they could have probably done it with the blessing of God, and they could have stepped into the promise of God a lot sooner than later. And so your faith and report can determine the outcome. We must believe, and we must expect, and our faith and expectation has to be contagious out in the world. Because if we look like and talk like the way the world does, uh, we don't stand out and speak life, then nothing, can, nothing will end up changing. Amen? And, and Caleb, he was a man of faith, and he stood up, and he, he said that he thought they believed they could take the land. But they ended up deciding not to, right? And so we have to be careful because your doubt, our doubt, can pause, can put a pause on the promise of God. Your doubt can put a pause on the promise of God. They end up, now they have to go wander around in the desert for 40 years before they can actually get there, right? As we're praying and believing for these mountains, we need the promise of God. And if our doubt stops us, it could take a lot longer than, than, than necessary, than it needs to be because of our faith and our expectation. If it collides and lines up, we could have the promise a lot, lot sooner maybe than later, right? And, and hear me, here's the thing. Don't, don't talk yourself into thinking or, or banking on the fact that you think you have enough time. You know what? I'm not ready yet. 
I can't do this. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. Because you know what? Tomorrow's not promised to us. Uh, and, and we'll just we'll go down that cycle. We, we don't, we'll no, never know if there's enough time. And it, before we know it, it might be too late. Amen. And we definitely don't want that to happen, not just to us, but to our families, to our ministries, whatever it is, to our country, to our nation, to our state. Uh, we, have to, we have to believe. Uh, and if we by faith believe it and step out, it could happen a lot sooner then later, that next point. So God has written the end of the story. He has already planned specific events that will happen, and we can't change these things, right? Uh, there are certain things in black and white and in red letters uh, that are set that cannot be changed. Uh, they, they are what they are, okay? But we, you and I, the, the church believers, we get to shape the story. We are part of the narrative. Our prayers, praise, declarations, and decisions shape the story of our lives and create the story uh, our children will walk into. So that's why we're fighting. That's why we're doing what we're doing because we have a legacy to pass down, right? Something to pass down. And how cool is it that God chose us, chose you, chose me to have a part, to have a certain thing to do while I'm here, excuse me, on earth, uh, with this life that he's given me, something that I can do to, 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 to be an influence of good, to speak truth, to speak life, uh, to help somebody in need. How cool is it that he chose us? So let's, let's get engaged. Amen. Let's do something about it. Uh, and let's, let's not be scared to, to try it again. And let's not be scared to even fail. Maybe some of you are thinking, you know what, I've tried it. I've tried this. I've tried that. It's, I've gotten hurt. It's been tough. It was too hard. I failed. We can't let that hold us back. We have to stay in the game and stay engaged. We have to remember who we are, who we're fighting for, and why we're fighting. Amen. That last point. So why fight for the mountains? Why do this? Why is this worth it? Because every generation is blessed or cursed by the generation that precedes it. The compromise of one generation becomes the captivity of the next generation. If we refuse to fight, it's our children that will suffer. It's our children that will suffer. I've already said this. If we continue to stand back, stay in the foreground, stay quiet, stay silenced, just continue to surrender, surrender this, surrender that, surrender this freedom, surrender uh, freedom of speech, surrender gathering in the church for whatever reasons that we're surrendering these things for, it's our, it's our children that will suffer. And it's really this moment for the church to shine. And we can no longer stand by and neglect or reject what is going on right in front of our very eyes. The things that are going on are just mind-boggling to me. The things that the world is trying to pervert and twist truth and make it false and make things that are false into truth. And people believe this stuff. We can't continue just to neglect that, reject that, the things that are going on in our very eyes and do nothing or say nothing anymore. I, I got one extra scripture. Excuse me, it's not on your outline, but if you want to follow along, it's in your Bibles or write it down. Check it out later. It's in Exodus 34, 5 through 7. Uh, and this, this scripture really just shows you uh, that the blessing or curses onto the next generations are, are, are based on through the, the faith that I live in now, 
And so at verse uh, 6, it says, And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Verse 7, Maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. God is compassion. He is compassionate. He's forgiving. He's loving. But he will not be mocked. And so this scripture says that, that he will punish the, the, the next generations, out to four, four generations of the sins of that current age, that current generation. And so it's on us. So we're responsible for, for the legacy that we'll leave, that we'll pass on. What type of legacy would you be leaving today? Is it, is it something good and amazing, I hope? You know, I hope when Ian Westbrook dies that all anything anyone has to say is, you know what, he, he was an amazing husband, he was an amazing father, uh, he loved Jesus, he loved his, his community, his church, he, 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 he showed up to work on time, he did everything above and beyond his abilities. You know, that's all I want anybody to say. I'm sure you think the same thing. That's, that's what we have a chance to do while we're here is to leave that type of legacy, that type of life to be passed on, that type of blessing to be passed on to our children's children's children. Amen. So why do we have to fight? Because if we don't, who will? Who's going to fight for your family other than you? You, right? Who's going to fight for your community of Holly Pond other than you? There might be some, but I don't know. For our state, for our nation, we have to come together, amen? Find our giftings, find our talents, identify our mountains, and begin to, by faith, stand and fight and do something about it. I promise you as your pastor, I'm doing that. I will continue to do that. Amen? Are you with me? Will you do it with me? Will we do it to, can we do it together? It's always so much fun when we get to do it together. Amen. So let's do it together. Amen. Amen. Y'all want to join me in prayer? Sorry I went a little long this morning. But uh, Father God, Lord, I just want to pray over us. God, we, we love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you uh, for this message. God, I, I thank you for these specific uh, mountains, levels of influence, Lord, that we're praying, believing for. God, I ask you now that you would give them to us. Give them back to the church. Give them to people who will take care of them. Give them to believers. Give them to Christians. Lord, give more, more uh, Christian uh, business owners, God. More Christian teachers, God. More Christian uh, Senate leaders and uh, presidents and, and whoever through the government, God. Uh, more Christian actors and more Christian uh, social media influencers. God, more people of faith in Jesus' name. God, that's what I loose in this place today, God. People of faith, God, I pray that you would do it. I pray that you would do it. If you're here this morning and, you know, maybe you've never made that commitment. You've never made that decision. We call it being born again or getting saved. It's, it's literally when you take that moment and you say, you know, God, I'm going to begin to trust you with my life. If you, if you and God right now aren't, aren't on good terms, Maybe you're in sin or you're doing things you're not supposed to do. And you want to make your relationship right with him. 
You want that to change today. You want that to change right now. You want to make him your Lord. You want to make God your heavenly father who loves you and and cares for you. If you want to do that right now, everyone's praying, no one's looking at you. If that's you today, I want you just to stand up right now where you're at. To stand. If God's speaking to you right now, and, 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 and you know that you and him aren't good right now. Or maybe what? You know, you've been saved, but maybe you fell, fell away. And you just need restoration today. This is for you to stand. To stand up. A few more seconds if that's you. Don't let this moment pass you by. If you want to give God your heart, your life today, you can change it today. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, Lord, we, we thank you and we praise you again. God, as we get ready to dismiss, Holy Spirit, I pray you just be with us as we go and um, continue to speak to us and and show us things in your word and continue to lead and guide us and and to help us uh, not just be better people, God, but better sons and daughters of the Most High, God, better Christians and better believers. God, as we begin to, to, to take the fight, God, of righteousness to the world, God, to stand for truth and justice, God, I pray, I ask this in Jesus' name, and everybody said. Amen. Amen.